0: What's the furthest you've traveled down a rabbit hole on the internet? One thing catches your eye and begs a question, which begs another, and another, until you're looking something awful in the face. Something that threatens to either have dire consequences or to be a hoax altogether. How did we get so deep into the mouth of madness from the safety and comfort, of our own keyboards. Welcome to Strange and Unexplained with me, Daisy Egan. I'm a writer and an actor who has made my feelings about Reddit very plain. From the very little time I have spent there, I have determined it is the internet equivalent of the back of a bar that smells like stale beer and old chicken wings, where white dudes in baseball hats do fantasy football and talk about girls. And if you happen to wander back there looking for the bathroom or whatever, they'll all turn and look at you. And you'll at once feel pity for them, fear for your own safety, and either relief at knowing you don't date men or never have to date another man again— or deep disappointment that this is probably the pool of eligible men in your neighborhood. Anyway, if you ask Reddit and its users, not all white dudes, actually, known as Redditors, cute, they'll tell you Reddit is the front page of the internet. Sure. The reason I'm talking about Reddit after two years of ragging on it while also dipping my toe into the many accounts of strange phenomena left there is because today's episode takes place almost entirely on Reddit. A story that led a small group of web sleuths to conclude that what started on Reddit may have ended in a political assassination. So let's take some deep, centering breaths before we head over to that dirty sandbox of toxicity and learn about the mystery that is Lake City Quiet Pills. It's important to know that the landscape of Reddit at the time this story began was a bit different than it is today. Reddit was founded in June of 2005 by three University of Virginia roommates, Steve Huffman, Aaron Swartz, and Alexis Ohanian. And here's how I imagine it all went down. One of them was like, you know what the world needs? A place where people can post anonymously and say whatever they want. And the second guy said, that's called the internet, bro. To which the first guy responded, yeah, but this will be the front page of the internet. And then the third one chimed in and said... I love you, man. And then things got awkward for a minute until they butt chugged some Pabst and high fived and set off to create Reddit. The front page of Reddit itself is a collection of the most popular things being shared and discussed on Reddit. Each individual subject or topic is called a subreddit, which is sort of like a group page. There are broad subjects like funny and more specific subreddits like r slash s-e-u-t, a.k.a. squirrels eating unusual things, a.k.a. probably where I'm safest on this hellscape of a website. According to journalist Chris Taylor over at Mashable.com, definitely not the front page of the Internet, On its best days, Reddit in 2020 is exactly what its founders wished for in 2005. While Facebook and Twitter have us stuck in silos, unfollowing those we don't agree with, Reddit's up and down votes are truly global. On any given day, the most upvoted stories are a mix of the inspiring, the edifying, and of course, cute animals. News discussions are generally thoughtful and filter bubble free. End quote. Like another more recent owner of another social network, which I have fled faster than Billy Zane pretending to be a woman with a baby so he could get on a lifeboat at the end of Titanic, Reddit's founders had, quote, an early commitment to extreme free speech, end quote. But, Chris Taylor continues... Quote, Reddit has opened itself up over the years to accusations of harboring pedophiles, misogynists and racists. It was the source of some of the worst online vigilantism in Internet history and may well have helped elect the worst president of the modern era, end quote. In fact, it was pedophilia that first made non internetty types aware of Reddit. In 2011, CNN became aware of a subreddit called Jailbait, which was, as I'm sure you've already guessed, a forum where people could share pornographic images of underage or underage-looking girls. The piece on CNN was meant to be an expose of something illegal and horrific going on in plain sight. In truth, it served to quadruple traffic to the offending subreddit. According to a piece in Gawker, legal analyst and New Yorker staff writer Jeffrey Toobin had never even heard of Reddit before the CNN piece—probably because he was too busy masturbating during business meetings. For some reason, it took Reddit's CEO weeks to delete the jailbait thread, but he wouldn't ban the user who had created the jailbait thread, who went by the screen name Violent Acres. Even though, as Chris Taylor at Mashable.com pointed out, that user was, quote, also responsible for racist and sexist subreddits such as and Jew-merica, on the high-minded grounds that Reddit was a universal platform for free speech, end quote. Just because you can buy the ingredients for a bomb at the hardware store doesn't mean you should build a bomb, you know? Incidentally, Violent Acre's identity was discovered and revealed by Gawker in 2012. He was a 49 year old husband and father named Michael Brooch, who was fired from his job and doxxed. Poor fucking baby. He told CNN it was basically Reddit's fault for letting him do it and showed off an award given to him by Reddit for his contributions to the community. He also said that if any of the girls featured in the images shared on his subreddit contacted him, he would take their photo down. So, if the victim reached out to her abuser, giving him access to her email address, or at least her Reddit username, he would stop abusing her. Um, okay. Are you starting to understand why I can't stand Reddit? I don't care if there are subreddits devoted to otters cleaning their adorable little faces with their tiny little adorable furry paws when this heinous stuff is happening right next door to it. God damn it. Anyway. One of the moderators over at the Jailbait subreddit was a user named Religion of Peace, or ROP. A moderator is a volunteer who helps maintain rules and guidelines on a subreddit, though what rules and guidelines a page like Jailbait might have had, one shudders to think. ROP joined Reddit in 2007 and was a prolific contributor. According to the site newsblender.com, he made hundreds and hundreds of comments and posts about things like, quote, violence in politics, railing against liberal news sites and socialism, while promoting things like youthful sex, violence, atheism, end quote. Sounds like the best person to be stuck in a corner with at a party. No notes. According to a piece on the website Sofrep.com that covers stories about the military and veterans, a couple of things could be gleaned from ROP's Reddit history. The first was that he was a creep. And, quote, second, he presents himself fairly clearly as someone with a good deal of military experience, often participating in conversations that involve CIA operations and occasionally mentioning his time in the Navy during World War II, end quote. Also, if his frequent posts on the subreddit programming were any clue, he was well-versed in computers and had a very good understanding of coding, which is uncommon, to say the least, of men who served in World War II. Not impossible, mind you, but, like, how many old guys wearing a World War II veteran cap work in the IT department of your company, you know? On June sixth, two 2009... The 65th anniversary of D-Day, when Allied forces landed on the beach at Normandy. On a post honoring veterans who had served in World War II, ROP left this comment.
1: It sucked. I was an apprentice seaman on a troop ship. I'd come aboard the January before in New York. We made a miserable trip across. The day before we sailed out, weather really sucked. I knew the difference now the heads were foul. The whole ship smelled like a bucket of vomit and those poor G.I.s were puking in their hats and pouring vomit any place they could dump it. I don't know how they managed to climb down into the landing craft the next day. First time I'd ever been around shooting, uh, I was scared shitless. We didn't get hit except by a single strafing and none of the artillery or bombs landed near enough to hurt anything. We shot a lot, but uh, I never saw if we hit anything. We got our troops off and later took away a gang of survivors from a DD that was sunk. It was a gruesome day.
0: First of all, it sucked? Honestly? This dude, who had to have been in his 80s if he was at D-Day, says it sucked of one of the most infamous battles of World War II? Let me know if your grandpa tells you that his wedding day popped off or that his 80th birthday was the goat. ROP claimed in another post to have killed so many people he'd lost track after 30. Yeah, you and Killmonger, bro. Come on. I'm not saying you don't kill countless people in war. I'm just saying you're not running through the streets of occupied France going, Uh, one? Uh, two? Uh, three? On the same day as his story about the war sucking, he was asked by another Redditor how old he was, and he said he was 79, and said,
1: Hoping I won't hit 80, being old hurts.
0: And then another Redditor was like, so what you're telling me is that you were 14 years old when you landed on the beach at Normandy? And ROP was like, um, yeah, see, about that, I... Uh, I joined the military when I was 13. He wrote,
1: I was five feet nine inches tall at the end of sixth grade. I worked hard and slept well. By the time I was 13, I was just shy of six feet. I worked a farm and worked in the feed and grain carrying sacks of grain. I was uh, big enough and looked the part except for not needing to shave. Uh, The day I decided to run away, I put together some of my odds and ends in a satchel and then proceeded to shave to get the fuzz off. I got cut up some, but I'd seen men who had done worse. I hitched a ride to Philadelphia and enlisted. It didn't take a lot to pass the warm-body physical, and hell, no one batted an eye if you said you didn't have a birth certificate or a driver's license. I was on a bus to Bainbridge, Maryland the next day
0: sure, I know this kind of thing happened back before people thought about, you know, doing due diligence and not sending children off to war. That is, children younger than 18. But a YouTuber who goes by the name Barely Sociable pointed out that in another Reddit post from two years earlier, ROP claimed to be 70. So he either aged nine years and two years, or he was lying. I'll let you decide. At any rate, in May of 2009, R.O.P. posted on four different subreddits that he had made his own image-hosting website. Think Tumblr, but just images. The site was called lakecityquietpills.com. On Reddit, he also posted a list of rules for using his new site, including...
1: You can upload pretty much anything you want, except kiddie porn or naked kids. Don't fuck up. I will turn you in.
0: To be clear, there's no such thing as kitty porn. Sexually explicit or naked pictures of children is called child exploitation. Calling it kitty porn is like saying date rape. It's meant to make the offense sound more palatable. Anyway, despite ROP's calls for dignity, his reputation from jailbait followed him. Sexually explicit and questionable material did make its way onto this new platform too. Surprise, surprise. Though the site was hosted at LakeCityQuietPills.com, the title of the site when you got there was That Old Guy's Image Host. Charming. A YouTuber named Nexpo who covered this story pointed out how odd it was that a website that was just supposed to be for hosting images had such a strange and specific URL. And what the hell did it even mean? I visited LakeCityQuietPills.com via the Wayback Machine website, and it's there, but you have to download the pictures in order to see them, which A, was fine with me because it meant pornographic images weren't automatically showing up on my screen, and B, if you think I'm downloading porn to my computer, you got the wrong one, buddy. Two months after creating the image hosting site, R.O.P. left a comment on a subreddit about an article in the Examiner that profiled a possible United States assassination program. R.O.P. wrote,
1: L.O.L. I always get a laugh when I read articles demonstrating such naivete. Of course there are assassinations. There are some things that the legal system can't fix. So many people actually believe that as fucked up as things are right now, and as they have been for the last 20 years, that they aren't needed. What do you want to bet that Bernie Madoff follows Ken Lay's path? I can think of any number of criminal organizations that would benefit from a dose of Lake City Quiet pills.
0: So, Ken Lay died of a heart attack, and Bernie Madoff died last year in prison from chronic kidney disease. Or so they want you to believe. Naturally, I thought Lake City Quiet Pills referred to some kind of poison pill that caused a death that could be blamed on organ failure. But as is often the case with me, my assumption was wrong. You know what they say about assumptions: something something asks something something. A little more than two months after creating That Old Guy's Porn Stash, I mean That Old Guy's Image Host, on LakeCityQuietPills.com, on July 17, 2009, a Redditor with the screen name 2-6 posted on a subreddit called All This Statement.
1: I'm the person who provided Religion of Peace, the space for That Old Guy's Image Host. Milo died today. He was 79 years old. He died at his desk, looking at your sight. (laughs) Milo was a mean old fucker, mean and onery. He hooked me up with my first gig when I got out of the army. I didn't like finding him like that. Milo don't have any living relatives and no real friends. And other than his landlady and a few people where he worked, he didn't talk to anyone about much of anything. He, he just tolerated. As I said, he was mean. I think he used that as a shield to keep people away from him. Milo thought God was some kind of con game thought up by some lazy sons of bitches who didn't want to work every day. So he's going into the fire on Monday without a service just like he wanted. I'm planning to dump his ashes in the woods in PA near where he was born. Can't put them right there, cause there's a mall there now. I gave the girl next door his raggedy old cat and most of his books. His computers and Tronic shit he tagged for the Disabled Vets and VBA. All the rest of the stuff is for the Salvation Army. All those years and everything he owned fits in the trunk of my car. I don't know what else to say. I'll miss him. Miserable bastard.
0: So, R.O.P., or Milo, got his wish and died before he reached 80. What a lucky coincidence. The post went semi-viral by 2009 standards, with some people leaving RIP-type comments, to which 2-6 responded, "God damn,
1: I didn't know so many people could like him that didn't sling a gun with him. Thank you. So, I'm out of here now. I don't do this stuff like you and Milo. Take care. Keep the faith.
0: Others weren't buying any of it. One user, whose name and account have since been deleted, commented... I'm sorry, this all seems so fake. Are you guys genuinely believing this? Edit, wow, for such a skeptical site, you guys are swallowing this hook, line, and sinker. What a convenient story. Died looking at Reddit, died making posts keeping people out of spam, and what a nice boss to make a post about him. You guys ought to know a hoax. 2 6 responded to this with
1: You are an ass. Milo was my friend, and I was taking him to dinner on Friday. He worked at home most days. I guess I ought to call his manager, so thanks for that. I don't know why he liked this
0: stuff. But this random and unsolicited response didn't do anything to quell the curiosity of a few doubters who thought the whole thing seemed fishy. So a few people with too much time on their hands began to coordinate their efforts on the subreddits WTF and RBI, Reddit Bureau of Investigation. And someone somehow found a profile on FARC.com, a news aggregation website, with the screen name Angel26. Angel26's bio read, quote, dispensing Lake City quiet pills to lousy bastards in need of permanent rest since 1968 end quote. Angel 26 also had an intriguing email address, angel.2.6 at lakecityquietpills.com. And then these web sleuths decided to look at lakecityquietpills.com's HTML code, which is apparently a thing you can do with any website, and what they found had nothing to do with dirty pictures. At the bottom of the page, they found, hidden in the HTML code, job listings, acronyms, and messages that were hidden from the public eye when viewing the website as intended. Messages like,
1: We aren't sending anyone to me. No one. Don't ask for listings. Immediate need. 12 essay Spanish speaking. No papers required. No records kept. 4 week paid sequester if refused. 4 Italian slash Spanish speakers. No Euro W slash W must be bondable. Four for 24 7 DP. Four week gig. English speaking. Spanish and Portuguese fluency a plus. Shade is maintaining the calendar and access to the file dump. Angel has the job postings for EU and Asia.
0: Say what? It's also worth noting that on the same day ROP's death was announced on Reddit, it was also announced on lakecityquietpills.com in a hidden message board. The next order of business was to figure out what the hell Lake City Quiet Pills referred to. One web sleuth announced that when he began typing the phrase into Google, it auto-completed the term for him and sent him to the website for the Lake City Ammunition Plant on Lake City Road in Independence, Missouri. According to the factory's website, the Lake City Ammunition Plant, quote, is the world's leading producer of high-quality ammunition and links for the military at its Lake City plant in Independence, Missouri. Small Caliber Systems is also a leader in the global defense systems marketplace, supplying the U.S. government and its allies with quality, cost-effective, non-standard, non-NATO ammunition, end quote. Yikes. So it seems the Lake City Quiet Pills did not refer to poison pills that caused organ failure, but rather to bullets. So, you see, I something-something-ass something-something. And then, in September of 2009, Angel26 posted this on the HTML message board at LakeCityQuietPills.com.
1: For those that have asked, I bricked Milo's iron key the same day. All is well
0: basically what that meant was that Milo allegedly had a flash drive with sensitive information on it that Angel 26 was claiming he made inaccessible. So presumably, anything incriminating on the flash drive couldn't get out. A couple months after that, Angel 26 posted again, writing,
1: "'Milo's will cleared probate. Surprise! Milo was loaded.'" Email Shade if we sent you out in 2005 to 2009. Shade will have checks cut for you. Amount is by how many times, not by pay total. Small share is 3 to 4K.
0: And then on January 12th of the following year, 2010, Angel26 posted about a posthumous birthday party for Milo on the 19th happening at, quote, the usual place. And then a follow up on January 18th that read,
1: We got 38 rooms in the Marriott on 46th. Shade has the key card for locals. Pick up at the party. Give your travel name to the desk and that's it. No ID needed since we're covering the bill. Keep the room service under 500, okay? The phones there are not secure. Bus from the hotel leaves at 1330. Car service vouchers for return trip when you're ready to crash. Don't DUI.
0: And there's a couple of strange things about this message. One, who is doing the planning on this Fakakta event? You're gonna send this info out the night before they're all supposed to be there? Rude. B, that's not how hotels work. Even if someone else is covering the bill, you need to show them your ID when you check in. And three, what kind of shit are you expecting to go down during a birthday celebration weekend that people need to use fake names and worry about unsecured phone lines? On January 20th, 2010, supposedly when Milo's alleged birthday celebration was wrapping up at the Marriott on 46th Street in New York City, across the world in Dubai, Mahmoud al-Mabur, a leader of the Palestinian nationalist organization Hamas, was found drugged, electrocuted, and suffocated to death in his hotel room, apparently killed the night before on the 19th. According to one Redditor who was apparently quoting Wikipedia, 17 of the suspects in Mahmoud al mabuas death used MasterCards from a bank in Storm Lake, Iowa. I couldn't find that information on the Wiki page for Mahmoud al mabuas assassination. Also, I'm no international spy assassin, but I'm pretty sure if you're going off to kill a top member of a terrorist organization, you don't use a debit card from your local bank. You know what I mean? I've seen all the James Bond movies, okay? Anyway, this Redditor was like Storm Lake, as in Lake City Quiet Pills? I mean, yeah, or just Storm Lake, as in Storm Lake. The Redditor also pointed out that Storm Lake was only one county away from Lake City, Iowa. And this, strangers, is what we call Reaching. Two weeks later, on February 2nd, 2010, on the hidden message board in the HTML code of lakecityquietpills.com, was this message
1: February 2nd, 2010. Party bills. Here's the final for the party hotel rooms, 48,341. Limo, 6,080. Bus, 569. Bar bill, 18,890. Food, 8,030 dancers 8300 miscellaneous tips 850 miscellaneous expenses 2840 and medical supplies 180 fat tommy and Stu are okay too total bill 94080 you all did dutch milo proud thanks
0: first of all they spent more on dancers than on food wow And they spent a whopping $10,000 more on drinks than on food. And yet, unsurprisingly, they only seem to have tipped 10%. That must have been some party. Also, thank God Fat Tommy and Stu were okay. Apparently, the Reddit investigators were like, well... (laughs) Obviously, these dudes were undercover hitmen because the bill was too high and their quote-unquote party took place when this Hamas guy was assassinated. Why in the world would undercover hitmen be billed for anything? Again, I have seen every James Bond movie, multiple times. Do you know how much shit Bond manages to destroy with his hijinks? Embassies, airports, hotels, airplanes, casinos, nightclubs, countless Aston Martins. Almost every single woman he fucks, not to mention the headquarters of MI6. It's not like M is like, here's an invoice for everything you fucked up. Apparently, after these Reddit sleuths claimed to have discovered the real truth behind the hidden messages at lakecityquietpills.com, the site got encrypted. And when the Redditors began to decipher the encrypted messages, the entire site was taken down. Further proof that it was a site for super spies to do their super spy planning. Several people have debunked the idea that LakeCityQuietPills.com, Angel26, R.O.P., a.k.a. Milo, or any of the messages hidden in the HTML of the website had anything to do with the assassination of a high-level Hamas militant. It's not hard to debunk it. After all, a 27-minute video of the movements of the elite Mossad team, part of the Israeli National Intelligence Agency, sent to assassinate him, was posted online, blowing their cover and humiliating Israel, who suffered pretty severe political consequences because of the assassination. But if that was the case, what were those pseudo-hitman job postings hidden in the HTML code for? What was with the secrecy? While reading through this weird story, I found myself wondering if these were just lonely dudes doing the internet equivalent of LARPing. Like some Ready Player One shit, where average Joes could pretend to have fantastic lives and live out stupid fantasies, like being top-level assassins. As for ROP and Angel26, YouTubers Barely Sociable and Nexpo dove deep to find some interesting information. For one thing, they found a connection between that old guy's image host, the name of the site with the LakeCityQuietPills.com URL, and another porny website called Drunken Stepfather. And just a side note, I know Drunken Stepfather is probably a tame name compared to the other awful things on the internet that I refuse to acknowledge, but Drunken Stepfather as a site that hosts nudie pics is really upsetting apparently lakecityquietpills.com was actually hosted by the drunken stepfather website listen i don't understand the internet okay i guess it was like a pop-up shop inside a larger shop they were also able to track down that angel 26's posts had been sent from a computer in new jersey Not only that, but Nexpo hired private investigators sometime in 2021 or 2022 to track these people down, and they were able to show that Angel26 and ROP were, in fact, the same person. Which is not surprising. Like, at all. What is surprising is how invested these YouTubers were in debunking a relatively obscure and old internet story. That said, if the goal is exposing and taking down a pervert hosting pictures of children, do your thing. I'd contribute to that Kickstarter for sure. YouTuber Barely Sociable came to the same conclusions Nexpo had, but apparently found even more dirt on ROP slash Angel26 slash 2-6 slash Milo. Barely Sociable claims ROP's name is Trent Katsu. He was a technical writer living in New York City, and he had dozens of aliases on the internet, including Trent the Thief, Flink, JP4, and Angel26 barely sociable thinks that trent katsu and the other guys who used the HTML of the lake city quiet pills website to communicate secret messages had met on second life which is just as i had suspected a ready player one type virtual world where you can create an avatar and interact with anyone else logged on to the game These guys just happened to move their internet fantasy from Second Life to the HTML code of a creepy porn image site. You know, so as not to draw attention because who cares about pornographic images of children? Not many people, apparently. Can I just quickly say, if this Second Life theory is correct, I feel vindicated. It feels like a very rare instance of me actually being right about something. Do I get some kind of trophy? This feels amazing. According to Barely Sociable, after Lake City Quiet Pills went dark, apparently Trent set up a server on the dark web using the screen name Flink. How Barely Sociable figured that out, I have no idea. I don't even know where the dark web is, and I prefer to keep it that way. Although, as Barely Sociable pointed out, quote, who knows what the old pervert was doing setting up a dark web server, end quote. The biggest question mark about this whole thing is why? Why did Trent Katsu create nearly 50 screen names, pose as a World War II vet on Reddit, and host a porn site where people could send hidden messages about $100,000 posthumous birthday celebrations? And the answer to that is, no one knows. On the Drunken Stepfather forum, I am not happy that I have to say that phrase. A commenter pointed out that Trent slash Milo slash R-O-P slash Angel26 didn't stand to make any money off Lake City Quiet Pills because it was hosted through drunkenstepfather.com. So it was like a pop-up shop inside a larger shop where the greedy owner of the larger shop took all the profits, I guess? And if that was the case... What the hell actually was the point? And, perhaps more to the point, who is drunken stepfather and why has no one investigated him? The buck, after all, seemed to stop with him. Did he know Trent Katsu? Did he know what was going on in the HTML code over at lakecityquietpills.com? Something tells me a guy who hosts an image site known for images of underage girls, or at least girls who look underage, a guy whose online persona is drunken stepfather, isn't too concerned with the who and the what of the web pages that bring him money. Listen, strangers, this show is called Strange and Unexplained, and if this weird ass, pointless internet mystery isn't strange and unexplained, I don't know what is. As a user named Zoe Disco 292 posted on Nexpo's YouTube video about this whole nonsense put it, So Milo was a guy that had some computer skills, enough to boast about them and offer his services, and had a penchant for child porn, created a bunch of different personas and scattered them all across the internet for years on end, eventually creating the persona of Milo on Reddit until he got tired of his own games and retired, Coincidentally, creating one of the biggest internet mysteries of all time. Did I get that right? Because I don't think I understood. Someone help, please. Girl, you and me both. You and me both. Someone help, please. next time on strange and unexplained a little girl gets out of bed in the middle of the night in february and walks out of her house seemingly of her own accord and is never seen again the disappearance of asia degree we have a lot of fascinating and bizarre stories to share with you this season but we want to hear your episode suggestions as well If you have a story you'd like us to cover, whether it's a well-known case or something that happened in your town that the world hasn't heard about yet, go to our website strangeandunexplainedpod.com and fill out the contact form. Strange and Unexplained is a production of the Obsessed Network and is produced by Becca DiGregorio and Natalie Grillo. This episode was written by me, Daisy Egan, researched by Jess McKillop, and edited by Eve Kerrigan. Our audio mixer and engineer is Jennifer Swatek. Our voice actors for this episode were Luther Creek, Lauren Hooper, and Ryan Garcia. If you like our show, please help us out by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at SNUPod. And check out the Strange and Unexplained Facebook page to join in the conversation. Also, check out my merch. Find the perfect holiday gift for the favorite stranger in your life. Search Strange and Unexplained at tpublic.com.